0: Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be, here on an Easter Sunday. We welcome you here. We're grateful that you're spending your morning, afternoon, or evening with us here on the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Moser. Today, only with one other Infinity Bro, uh, but uh, it's going to be a good one. we got a really great show. We've got a lot of reaction to things going on in the world and there's probably nobody better to do this with me in regards to polarizing opinions and differentiating with what I think Mark Jones. Mark, welcome.
1: I'm glad to be here and be on the side of the Infinity Bros universe. It's always good when we come together and discuss things. If there has ever been
0: a bigger time for the Infinity Bros universe to gather in unity, it is now. Mark, uh, how are you doing up north? Is it snowing where you're at too?
1: Um, I know right before we rec- started recording, I said, oh, it's snowing, and it has now stopped. So we just got a little bit of flurry, and that's it.
0: Very nice. We have a jam-packed show for you today. We have a lot of nerd news to get to. We're going to be responding to a lot of things. Ezra Miller, Disney+, Plus has 50 million subs. We're going to talk about some new Ant-Man uh, 3 news, um, dig into a little bit of what Taika Waititi talks about in regards to Thor 3. We're also going to do Hotter Snot, which is where we talk about the things that we're watching uh, today in pop culture. And At the end, you're not going to want to miss it. If you've listened to our show before, you have heard polarizing discussion by myself saying that I will never, ever watch The Princess Bride. Today, I'm going to give you the reasons why, and Mark is going to try to sway me the opposite direction by convincing me to watch it with our top five reasons to or reasons to not watch The Princess Bride. It's going to be a jam-packed show. We're grateful you're here with us. As always, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: Do we want to put that plug in for May 2nd? I'm gonna
0: do it at the end. But you're gonna want to stay to the end. We got a big we have a big announcement at the end of the show.
1: Just like you, Max, it teased the whole audience crazy.
0: Yep, teasing them. We're getting them excited for for the end of the show. Go to the end. If you get bored at some point or you just, you know, you're kinda done listening. I know we have a longer <laughs> podcast. Go to the end in the show notes. We will have the announcements, a specific big announcement coming up. In May that you will not want to miss. We know you're going to want to participate in that. Uh, But let's start with nerd news. And the big nerd news going around, uh, at at least I think the DC world right now, is the news of Ezra Miller, um, allegedly, we'll call it allegedly, even though there is film footage of him choking somebody. uh, And it's being reported by several different places. I'm just going to take it from comic book news, comic book doc, Comicbooknews.com. It's also being reported specifically by Grace Randolph, uh, who is an insider in the Hollywood industry and specifically with the realm of comic book movies. She's saying and reporting that Ezra Miller has officially killed the Flash movie and his career. Mark, we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show, even before we started recording, just about this whole situation. You and I have had the chance to watch the video. First off, what were your what was your reaction to this video?
1: My reaction initially was like, okay, I think they're both intoxicated, and that's a headline that says like, you know, Ezra Miller appears to choke slam a woman, and then gets kicked out of a bar. So, all in all, it doesn't look like super violent, and I'm not advocating violence towards anyone or any person. Um, but it wasn't like the Ray Rice video. Like, it wasn't, like, super aggressive and violent. It looked kind of, and I don't know, I don't know how to, from what my vantage point, it didn't look like, I was, when I first heard about it, I thought it was, like, two hands around the neck and, like, people ripping them off. But it looks like they're stumbling, she's dancing, he puts his hand around her neck or scarf or whatever she, she's grabbing, and you never see Ezra Miller's face, either, I feel, like, what I saw. And then they kind of, like, do, like, a twist and tumble down. So I don't know if you really could say that's a choke slam. I mean, it's not like it was the Undertaker grabbing someone by the neck and like lifting them up and hoisting them to the, you know, throwing them to the ground. It wasn't something like that, but. And and it's 20 seconds, 26 seconds long, and it looks like it picks up like it doesn't look like it just starts recording. I I would like to know what TMZ got initially. Did TMZ get a minute long thing and then edit it down and then put out what they wanted to hype up a story? I don't know. That's why it's allegedly, and that's why it says it appears. That's why they don't say it's Ezra Miller. They say Ezra Miller in giant font, and then appears in tiny font, so whatever.
0: Yeah, and and is the person recording looking out for somebody else in the video? Like, is there something before or after what we see? Like, what's the context Mm -hmm. of the whole thing?
1: Because he's like, are you dancing? So it's like, what's going on? Maybe he's, I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, then again, you could just say like, hey, man, if you're a person of notoriety or celebrity maybe just don't put yourselves in situations like that or at least surround yourself with people that won't let you be in situations like that i don't know it's just and this girl who got choked i hope she's fine i hope she's okay i hope she's isn't stressing about this hopefully it wasn't something violent and maybe i mean have we has there been any talk about the woman that you actually saw her face
0: no no what i have in the article it says it's alleged that ezra miller was drunk at a bar in iceland and when he was approached by a group of fans it's claimed. That Miller said he got into a lot of fights and was bragging about and even showing battle scars. In quotes, okay. The female fan in the film, in in the video, excuse me, joked around about wanting to fight him. This is allegedly when Ezra Miller went to the female fan, started choking her, took her to the ground. And it's worth a mention too that this gal was kind of smiling the whole time.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's just like it doesn't look. Like, it's a violent situation. It looks more, like, playful. And just because, like, I feel like who hasn't been at some point in their life in a bar or in a place where there's a lot of drinking and, like, two people are just stumbling around drunk and they kind of, like, pretend to fight. and You just see them tumble down in the most, like, pathetic way. I just feel like that's what it looked like to me.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a weird video. I, I, I will tell you that I don't think Grace Randolph is a trustworthy source on this. She's kind of always had it out for specific actors and directors and things like that just because of personal vendettas. She's not really a reputable source, I would say, in the industry. I know a couple other people are doubling down on it, like Mikey Sutton. Um, but but I, I would just say take this news with a grain of salt. I think there is something here to what happened with Ezra Miller. Um, I think there will be at the bare minimum a stern talking to. And I think you and I both agree, Mark, we, none of us want to see any violence towards anybody in these circumstances and if you're going to represent a franchise much less one of the biggest franchises at least to us and and, and what could be the Flash in the Justice League especially with what we know about Flash with it being Flashpoint this could kind of be a really important movie to them if they do it right um, it's going to take a lot I think for Warner Brothers to just ditch Ezra Miller do you think this is enough to ditch him
1: no no. I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. There's either going to have to be more reports or more eyewitnesses.
1: Because I think just going off of a video from TMZ to fire someone is a, a thing in the past. Now, I think there's way more investigation that will go on in Warner Brothers' side. They'll probably go talk to this these people that were there that witnessed it or have a representative go do it or something. And just base stuff like that. Because, yeah, I just don't think it will end his career. Or the movie
0: they have time to kind of make those choices for the as weird as that sounds like the film industry is going to lose money but they've got time to actually report this and kind of get to the bottom of this so i i would like to see them do a little more with it but we'll see um let's go to amc theaters who is likely to rep- to uh file for bankruptcy according to a multiple sources reading specifically from the variety article right now um and they're saying and the analysts are kind of pointing to it and this is one of the first major, um, how would I put this, major theater chains that's kind of up for grabs right now, and it's a pretty scary moment. Uh, it's a pretty haunting moment for a lot of people that are into film and into this industry. AMC reported that $265 million in cash and equivalents on hand, plus $332 million were available via lines of credit as of December 31st, 2019. AMC is the exib- exhibition company we view with the least financial flexibility, Handler wrote in this report. We believe the company's monthly cash burn rate in a no-revenue environment is running at $155 million a month, which likely keeps AMC liquid until June or July. Mark, are we seeing the end of the theater industry, and are we watching, and we'll talk about it in our next news, news story here, the emergence of direct video at home?
1: No, we're just seeing... The death of a company that doesn't know how to survive or plan for a, something like this. Or, I mean, what the Wimbledon paid plague insurance or catastrophe insurance for 20 years and it paid off for them. So it's like, why doesn't this company do it? I feel bad for anyone. And I feel sorry for anyone that lost, will lose their job because of this and it was living pay to, paycheck to paycheck. But on the business a- standpoint of this, I mean, why don't they have funds and Revenue, the backup, or even, you know, just a plan to not have to dissolve after three months of no business. I mean, as we're told by our government to have three months worth of savings for stuff like this. So why shouldn't big corporations be held accountable to that? To answer your other question, um, or the question you asked, do is this the end? No, it's just one company. One someone else is going to step up to the plate and take over for these theaters. So I don't think. I think what we will see is not a huge expansion like AMC did that, you know, you know, spread them out thin. And this is the reason why it's happening. And you look at Marcus Cedars, I don't think Marcus Cedars is going to go out of business. And they're also not a major chain. So I think we're going to see more regional chains and less like nationwide chains.
0: That's a for... really good point you're making. Like regional chains and one guy owning a small town theater chain or a theater specifically for his area a small town and say for their area right for his his or her area right we're gonna see them really emerge from this they're gonna double down on this now probably because they're going to see the amcs the marcus theaters these big theater chains probably lose some ground and probably have to close some of their low-end theaters i'll tell you for us the amc theater is where i've seen a lot of great movies especially when i was in college so in terms of like how I'm responding to this, it's hilarious because I think internally I'm like, oh, that's sad. But I am with you, Mark. I agree. Like If these businesses couldn't keep it together and have enough liquidation to survive a four to six month era where the economy needed to go down, then honestly, they need to be dead, I think. I think I agree with you. And it's a bummer, it's sad, and there's and and I think for the individual, like you and I are talking about the small business owners, those are the people that maybe could not afford to have several months of this. And this is just a real shame, and it's it's really sad to see this, but AMC heading that way just says a lot for me. i I wonder how the other chains the Marcus theaters. and i'm I'm blanking on other names at the top of my head. I know they're out there, but I do wonder how those companies will do after this. And I wonder how much this is going to affect major blockbuster films. Does Disney, we saw they put Onward on um, Disney Plus, and we have a great Onward review if you want to check that out here from last week. But I wonder, do they just start making that more of a priority? Do they only put major, major ones in theater? It's
1: not, not, you know, the theater making the movies. The theater is the conduit for the consumer to see the movie. Right so they're the middleman, right so i don't know if there is some like union or law or whatever is put into place to like make this happen but like the reason why like a warner brothers or whatever movie company doesn't have a streaming service do this so then you go out there put it out there so people can go see it so i don't i just don't know if there's as much money to make in the streaming world like i don't like if if um let's say Endgame was coming out and they're and this is last year, do you think they put Endgame onto streaming or do they wait six months to put in theaters? Because I don't think I think it would have more people would see it if it, they went to streaming, but I don't think it would have had as much money making power. So
0: I, I don't know, I wonder. Like the other the other thing we wanted to talk about with and it kind of goes hand in hand with this, so I'll I'll just start it start that, enter that in the conversation. Birds of Prey now is uh, available for rental. And it was not long ago that we saw that movie in theaters, um, all, yeah. all, like a month and change ago. And so,, um, aside from how we feel about the have personal feelings about the movie that we both disagree on, uh, I, I do find it fascinating that I do think this is an honest question. Will the consumer, after all this happens, because what's going to happen is people are going to have less ex- less expendable income, and so are they going to continue going to the theaters, or is the theater going to have an in- exponential increase? Because you're going to see families go. Man, that five dollar Tuesday deal is a heck of a deal right now in this economical thing.
1: Yeah, I think I think once we get the okay from our government to be like, hey, it's okay to go out now. Like once that like veil is lifted, people are going to go want to do stuff. I think we're going to see a resurgence mm-hmm. of people want to go to the movies. Uh, people wanted to do, go to live events because yeah. people were realizing, like, hey, I don't want to be stuck in my 1,200-square-foot apartment and just do nothing all day. Like, I want to go out and do stuff. So you're, like, you're the see point you're
0: trying to make here, Mark, is you're saying this actually maybe helps the theater industry more because before what was happening was there was this luxury almost of I can watch it at home. But now that luxury has become stale. Is that what you're kind of saying here?
1: I think it will uh, in the medium term. Like, I think... We're at a point where I feel like we can go another month or two where like the rest of the movie industry or like theater companies don't dissolve like AMC is probably going to do in a month. But yeah, I think if we're if everything's okay, I think we're going to see that a big resurgence of people wanting to go out and go to the movie.
0: See, I, I think I'm very interested. I think it depends on what's in the theater.
1: I really do. I don't think it would. I don't even think it would matter because I think people would be like, "Hey, we can go out." It could be Fast and the Furious 100. Oh, that's people love that movie. I don't know why I'm bosh boshing that. Birds of Prey 2 for Max. Max, you're probably gonna go see it if someone's (laughs) like, "Hey, let's go." We haven't been to the movie in forever. I would I would go
0: see Birds of Prey 2 for this podcast to get that review out. Uh, There are some movies that I will not do for this podcast, like The Princess Bride, but that movie in particular. I will probably go see as a follow up just because the DC movies, for the most part, I at the bare minimum, I I had I have fun and and I will say this with Birds of Prey, I had fun at that movie. It just isn't as good of a movie as as my other friends and you guys on this show have said. So that's all I'll say. But I hey,
1: I, if it's called Harley Quinn, it's a different. You think of it totally different.
0: It's part of the equation, but that's neither here nor there. I I think too. I I will be very interested to see. Because I actually don't know if I fully agree that people are going to want to go to the theater. I think they're going to want to do things like go to live concerts, go out to the park, um, go hang out with friends at a barbecue. I don't know how the draw of sitting in a theater with a friend is going to change kind of the reality of what's going on right now. But for some people, maybe psychologically, that is it is something they enjoy. I don't know. Or maybe
1: that's their thing instead of going to a concert or going to a barbecue. Maybe their thing is to go to the movie theater. That's the experience they desire. Yeah,
0: you're right. You're you're right. There's nostalgia in that, and I do enjoy going to the theater. And I have missed the theater in this season. I will say that there have been a couple times where I'm like, man, I probably would have gone to the theater this week had this movie been out. But for, in particular, with Black Widow coming up, I I thought for sure by we would be getting the ball rolling on that and. We gotta wait till November now.
1: Because what to rent a, a movie that should be in theaters it's like twenty bucks on Amazon or something like that, and if I'm an individual person, I would really want to have to see that movie for twenty dollars, versus like going on a matinee for five bucks or seven bucks.
0: So right now, do you, would you rather go see? So, so we'll, we'll we'll put the same movie up right now. We'll say Black Widow gets released today, and that's a movie I'd
1: pay twenty bucks to see yeah, Though yeah, that, yeah, that's right. not.
0: I guess I guess and maybe that. But you're answering, but you're making the point I'm making here, Mark. You're making the point that I'm making that it depends on the film that's in the theater. Trolls just came out, and we don't have the numbers like of of what Trolls is, and I don't even know what the ratings are on Rotten Tomatoes or of different things like this. This movie, but are a lot of people going to pay for this because it's early release, or does it depend on the film? Kelly and
1: I watched it last night.
0: No way. Wait, you watched we Trolls? To see it. No way. We
1: were gonna go see that in theater. Yeah. Okay.
0: Are you gonna talk about Kelly it in Hot or it. not?
1: I might. I who knows. I hope we'll you see do when that day comes. Well, I'm just. I'm just.
0: I, that interest. That 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 is a fair point. Then you're making because I just wonder if Black if to me I'm gonna go pay twenty dollars to go see Black Widow in the theaters because it's Black Widow, but I'm not gonna go pay twenty dollars to go see Trolls. Maybe I would in a couple of years for my kid, but not, not right now.
1: But that's on. That's what I'm saying. Like as an individual, I probably wouldn't forgot bought Trolls right now. It's because. Kelly wanted to see it, and then I, you know, I saw the first one. So I'm like, okay. okay so there's two of us wanted to go see it. That's different, versus like that Ben Affleck basketball movie. I was willing to go to see that during a matinee and pay, you know, under ten dollars. Versus I don't want to pay twenty bucks to see it. Versus if I wait another couple months, I could buy it for that price. Yeah, see, that that that's where I'm coming down to economically. That's where my decision. I made. would
0: say that you're the infinity bro that has the most knowledge on the economical culture of our our country and even in the film industry i i trust your judgment on that so i'm, I'm not trying to poo poo your thoughts i'm just maybe speaking from the other side it's so weird like the rest of you is blurred out we, we we do these calls on skype and so it looks like you were drinking like a product that wasn't allowed to be on the skype call because it was all blurred <laughs> yeah i was like oh wow mark okay um let's go to disney plus <laughs> speaking of streaming services disney plus has uh has racked up 50 million subscribers according to the New York Times is the article I'll be reading from here, um and it's Netflix style streaming service it has 50 million paid subscribers worldwide of course that's a number that is way bigger than what they had anticipated it's obviously only five months old for those keeping track at home originally analysts expected Disney Plus to take take this number by 2022 uh, and in comparison to to net to Hulu in particular. Hulu has 30 million um, subscribers, but it's not overseas right now. So there's probably an argument. And so,
1: so this number is including overseas numbers, what they're saying? Yes,
0: Disney Plus is overseas. The other one and the big one that everyone wants to compare to is Netflix. Netflix, which is obviously worldwide, has 167 million subscribers. Uh, but according to Kevin Mayer, Disney's streaming chairman, he said this bodes well for our continued expansion of the product. Um, last last month, Disney introduced this service in eight European countries and into India, operating under a rollout schedule set last year. Mr. Mayer said Disney Plus would arrive in Japan and Latin America by the end of 2020. So, Mark, we're probably going to see them hit over $60 million, which was kind of their five-year goal. What is your reaction to this? And obviously, you are a consumer of this product. How have you felt about it?
1: Um, I guess I haven't watched a lot of Disney Plus since the quarantine, but... I guess the quarantine is what helped probably boost those numbers. More people at home, you know, trying to fill their day with something new. I mean, or especially with kids being home. It was easier. Like if you didn't have Disney plus prior to the quarantine, you probably got it because your kids are home all day and gives them something to watch. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive that they're already hit. They're almost at their five-year mark because what they're at. 50 million. And their five-year mark was 60. Wasn't it 60 million? Was their five year mark or that was their
0: aiming point? They were considering yeah. hitting six. So they, they be their happy. hope was, oh, of course, like, especially with this economy, there has to be.
1: And the talk of Apple buying Disney has probably gone out the door because all of a sudden, hey, look, we got a ton of you know, paid subscribers, so I think it's going to sh- help them in the future. I mean, you'd think, what series do they have out or do they have in their vault right now that they should put out right now when people are home? And are gonna watch it because it makes me think. With like the Tiger King, does Tiger King hit as hard as it did if we weren't in a quarantine? No question,
0: it doesn't. It, it it would not. There's no way. And
1: or is or is it a longer? It takes longer, maybe a month or two for it to like hit big.
0: I think I think it's both hand. I think Onward helped with this. Um, and again, I can't stress go go listen to last week's episode. We talk about Onward.
1: That's the last movie we saw in the theaters. The song yeah, there.
0: and it's a great movie, but I think it was a very smart strategic choice by disney i'm assuming some people in the building did not think that that was a good idea (laughs) um
1: unless it's like a major blockbuster most movies are planning to get all their money the most majority of their money like 80 percent, in the first i think four weeks so it's really those first two weeks they have to hit hard and get all that money in and i think at the point of the quarantine it had been out already for what three or four weeks so it's kind of a smart easy move for them just hey, let's put it on the streaming service and get more money that way.
0: Yeah, I I also think too they marketed it correctly. Disney seems to be better at marketing. Like right now, I know Mulan has gotten pushed back and Black Widow has gotten pushed back. We've talked about Mulan that.
1: can get pushed back forever until they get uh, um, Eddie Eddie Murphy to join. Yeah, until they put
0: Mushu in it. You're saying instead yeah, of having yeah. a Phoenix, yeah, like the original. Yeah, I don't know. I we'll see. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna cautiously wait to see it, but I would probably say I agree with you right now. Um, yeah I don't I don't know. I think Disney is making smart plays right now. I'm with Robbie though. Robbie said this last week. Nobody feels bad for Disney. Um I would Wait, f- were people feeling bad for Disney? No, but, what? but Isaac had brought up in, in when they talked about onward last week that, um, do you feel not bad, but is this a bummer for Disney that you had to put onward on Disney plus? Oh, not at all. It's what probably helped them. I think this is the re it's a huge reason they got bumped up. I think a lot of people were like, Oh, you know what? I could rent onward for 6 bucks on on whatever streaming platform I'm using, or I could just pay the 7 bucks, watch Disney Plus for a month. If I like it, I keep it. If I hate it, great. I would have paid 5 bucks anyway for onward. Yeah. And so I I think it was a great choice by Disney. I would love to know the numbers of how many they got since they put on onward onward on there, but they know that we don't. Um I, they got a long hill to climb though. They're they're still one third of the streamers that uh, Netflix has, and they got a ways to go, but we will see. We'll, we'll definitely see. It'll be very fascinating to see. Let's talk about Ant-Man three. Ant-Man three. There's a lot of Ant-Man news coming out. Didn't think I would foresee this, but here we are. Here we are. We got a couple things. Paul Rudd has confirmed that he has a. Uh, he's had a go at penning the script for the third Ant-Man, and oh. he's in. In apparently talks to have appearances by Marvel b- villain Modoc. As well as the organization AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, um, and apparently in, uh, in Ant-Man 2, the benefactor that Walton Goggins' Sonny Birch was working for will turn out to be them. This report comes from Dark Horizons. Mark, what do you think of this in regards to the story for Ant-Man 3? Does this hype up Ant-Man 3 more, or does it kind of you stay I mean, the same?
1: Paul Rudd and Ant-Man there is already enough hype for me, so I don't don't need any more. Anyways, uh, yeah, is is Modoc the guy with? Is he the giant head?
0: Yes, he's the giant head that can shoot a laser beam from his head. And who?
1: What actor? Yeah, giant laser beam. From his, uh, did they already? He can. Cast that's him what. Again? That's what
0: he is. I mean, I'm not trying to be like. No,
1: I know. I just. Yeah. I that's that. just
0: like literally who, what it is. Who
1: did they? Who did they cast as him? Do we know that? We
0: don't know who he's gonna who they're gonna cast, but we just know that Paul Rudd is writing the script, and then there's a second part that I'll get to in a sec with that. But um, he's writing the script right now, working on it, and. M.O.D.O.K. is apparently in and so is AIM, and I think that's a great route to go. Um, We haven't seen AIM up to this point. We've seen hints to AIM and different things like that. I think with Walton Goggins' character, that's kind of what I had assumed when I watched it, that he was working for them. Um, Maybe a couple other people. I was maybe thinking maybe the Thunderbolts, too. Maybe Thaddeus Ross was putting something together. But I I think that would be a great way to go about it. It'd give Ant-Man kind of his own corner to go after. And it could keep Paul Rudd relevant. And Paul's in, Paul's in his 50s, Mark. Yeah, he's ageless. He's ageless, but he's in his 50s. Um, here's the other part of the story we want to share. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter. It is found. Uh, Ant-Man 3 has found another writer to work with Paul Rudd, and it's a writer from Rick and Morty. R- Jeff Loveness, a writer and co-producer on Cartoon Network's acclaimed Rick and Morty, has been tapped to pen the script for the third installment of Marvel Studios' Ant-Man. Mark, We haven't talked about our rating system yet, so I want to make sure I plug that here before we give a rating of this, because I have to rate this story. If you have never listened to us before, we want you to be familiar with our rating system and how we think about things, so we're going to put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent.
1: If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity Step.
0: Mark, what is your rating of this news?
1: Um, that Ant Man is getting Ant Man Three is getting a co writer from Rick and Morty. Jeff Loveness, yes. Um, maybe a four and a half. It's no. This is a six. I well, This is a well, six. What do we? What kind of? What kind of movie are we getting a Rick and Morty Ant Man movie? I would love that.
0: Like that's exactly what I want. If that's what we're told, yes, it's exactly what I
1: I don't know this guy's background. I don't know what he writes. So it's I. I mean, I'm already hyped that. That it's a Paul Rudd script, but if, if you're telling me that Rick and Morty is going to show that's up... That's what I want, ...at some yes. point that I'm like, that it's a six. Yes, that's even better. But, or if we get something crazy and wild like some of those episodes are, then yeah, I guess it's a really... Then it's a six, but if we're getting something completely different out of the guy's, you know, wheel well, then I don't... Then four and a half, I'll see if, you know... Let me see the movie first. The
0: luxury that Marvel has had through this whole process is they cherry-pick guys and gals who are ex- fantastic writers, directors, or creators like Taika Waititi... And all these other all these other amazing actors and directors and, and, and writers. And I just I, I'm so excited for this news. This is the biggest news we're talking about today. And I feel like it's so under the radar because what Rick and Morty has done the last couple of years. Will a plumbus
1: make an appearance?
0: If a plumbus makes an appearance, it doesn't matter what the rest of the movie is. It's a six out of six, right? <laughs> like it's irrelevant. And, and I'll come right back here when we review Ant-Man 3 and I'll say that right here. I, I just this is such an under the radar uh, piece of news for me. Ant-Man is right now an expendable series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to many fans, and I think it has to be a quintessential piece of the puzzle moving forward, especially as you keep the process going of finding out who your next villain is. I know there's been talk of of maybe Kang, I know there's been talk of maybe some Celestials and all these different realms. I just think it has to have a significant tie-in to the Ant-Man universe specifically the microverse and i only think you can talk about something that ridiculous and goofy with somebody like this i would love to see dan Harmon and the rest of the creators from rick and morty on this i think all of them should hop hop in on this story i absolutely think that those guys should team up with paul rudmark i i would even go as far as to say
1: what's the machine that has ant-man going to the quantum realm what's the name of that
0: I don't know. You know I'm talking about? Yeah, are you talking about Nate Man 2?
1: Sure. You know, the thing that he gets trapped in. What's that yeah, machine the called?
0: Quantum Realm, yeah.
1: Well, okay, anyways, whatever the name of that machine is, what if that's machine that's powered by what Rick does, like he does in that one episode, where, yeah. like, he is that box, and, like, we find that out when he goes in? Well, what oh, would be even be better nuts. would
0: be, like, if they kind of just make a couple, like, Easter eggs, you know, you throw a plumbus in there, throw a couple other things in there, and like in in the quantum realm or the multiverse like that's where you see him. you don't see him in the real world maybe the gun is in there you know and you just kind of you have those little door commercial and then rick and morty goes off to the side and says hey marvel we'd love to do a tie-in episode to promote your movie can we have paul rudd and promote your movie by tying it in and disney goes your words are too saucy disney goes let's do it and then all of a sudden it's all canon. And then six out of six moving forward with Ant-Man.
1: And season five of Rick and Morty is just Ant-Man and Rick and Morty.
0: <laughs> no, I think it's great news. I, I'm excited about this. And I I will tell you, I think this is under the radar news. I, I think this series, it, it is bringing Peyton Reed back. He has not been the greatest director in regards to movies he's done. His, his biggest movie outside of the Ant-Man series is The Breakup, which I've seen. And I give it a maybe three out of six, maybe a two out of six. I just don't think he's like this incredible, groundbreaking director. I think they've just tried to keep continuity with him.
1: Well, maybe it's a guy that they that Kevin Feige likes. He's just like, hey, this dude does what we kind of asked for. He gets a little flair to it, and he's been producing well. And he wants to keep doing it. Like, why change the mold?
0: I I wonder if we if if he needs more guys like James Gunn. If he needs more Ryan Cooglers who are going to stand firm in their vision of what they have. I just don't get that sense with Peyton Reed. I'm not in the room, obviously. I don't have any, like, maybe, I don't have any evidence of this belief, but I just firmly believe watching these movies that the Ant Man movies are not risk taking movies. But the Rick and Morty series is a giant risk, top to bottom. I think the whole series is a risk. I think everybody that's involved in those projects, I want those guys making mainstream and bigger films. And so I honestly, Mark, the more Rick and Morty I can get, the better, and I think that's a great thing. And I would love to, I would love to, to see that more in this. That's all I'd say. So, last piece of news comes from Variety, but you could you could have checked it out on Instagram Live. Uh, Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi did uh, did an Instagram live chat a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago, I guess. Now it'd have been
1: uh, a week. Who knows? In this in this time, it could be. 14 days ago it could have been two hours ago nobody knows there's a couple things
0: that he alluded to in this i'll attach the link in the show notes about this link about this story but basically the quote that i want to share with you is taika said in regards to thor love and thunder he said it's like 10 year olds told us what should be in a movie we said yes to every single thing in regards to the premise um, it, it was also alluded to that, uh, Hulk would make an appearance. It's, it wasn't like confirmed, but it was teased air quotes. I would like to think that that's probably going to be a real thing. And, uh, if you want to go check out the film, I'm sure somebody recorded it, but Taika Waititi also was doing funny things like quoting himself when he plays Korg and having fun, just talking and, and you know, just enjoying his time with Tessa Thompson, who is absolutely wonderful and a great actress. Um, yeah, what what is your reaction to this news, Mark? Does this get you more hyped for the movie or not?
1: Hey, after watching Jojo Rabbit, anything Taika Waititi does, I'm I'm all in. So, just knowing that it's gonna be some crazy, maybe they got a writer from Rick and Morty to help out with this. Gosh, I don't know. I would
0: love that. I would. Maybe just
1: everything will be Rick and Morty tied for the next three years in Marvel movies. But yeah, I'm. Give me give me some goofy fun. I think that's what they hit right with Ragnarok, making it kind of more fun and campy. Um kind of you know brightened up the character and brighten up those movies so why not continue that trail or maybe throw us another curveball and make it something make movie a little different i don't know either way i'm excited so
0: yeah i'm I'm excited as well i think that's going to be great let's go to hotter snot hotter snot is where we talk about the things in pop culture that are relevant to us today some of it could be old some of it could be news but it's what we're consuming and talking about today Um, Mark, I'm going to start with you, but I would like you to start with Tiger King and I, just so we can have that discussion right out the gate.
1: Wait, we're going to, we're going to talk about Tiger Tiger King and I, or are we going to hot or snot it?
0: Would you like to hot or snot it? I guess is my question. I would like. to. I would hot it. Yeah. And I'm going to hot it too, but I wanted just to have a discussion on that before we got deeper into your list. So can you, can you talk a little more about what your thoughts were initially on this?
1: I mean, I was all, I was excited for another episode, but kind of what they did was kind of perfect. you know, Joe McHale kind of, you know, what, FaceTime, Skypes these people and just, you know, talks about them and what their thoughts are and how it's affected their life or stuff like that. And, um, overall, I feel like, I forget who says it, but, um, gosh, was it the the original producer of his show talked about how Joe was deathly afraid of Big Cats and I was never told in the doc. I thought that was kind of interesting. Or, um other thing learned what i thought was kind of the consensus of it all is a lot of those people really were like hey joe is actually like a really bad person to work for and really mean to the animals i thought that was kind of a little crazy no i found it
0: really interesting with watching that that do you think that they are separating themselves from Joe uh from from joe exotic exotic joe to for legal reasons yes or do you think they're just trying they're just like you know, you realize that a guy that you were buddies with is not a good guy, and you're just like, I don't like him. I know. I
1: him. thought the cons- like the people, majority of the people they interviewed were people who were close to him, and majority of them were like, yeah, this dude like wasn't fun to be around, and like just wasn't a good person. And I'm horrible at remember the name, but uh, the guy with the no with no legs was like, yeah, I'm gonna save my pants because Joel McHale asked him about those pants and stuff, and he's like, yeah, I'll probably we'll probably have to go back because it's not over. So. Yeah,
0: I, I don't think it's over either. I what was really interesting to me and I texted you about this. I did not realize realize the campaign manager was gay.
1: Yeah? I guess you're you just can't sense those things. I
0: don't know how I didn't pick up on that. Maybe he said it and I just missed it, but I didn't realize that. I don't think
1: he ever said it. Okay,
0: well, I I just did not pick up on that. I thought that was really interesting. It made more sense. It connected the dots as to why he was aligning with Exotic Joe. And engaging in in that world a little bit. And I think everybody admits, like, I was caught up in this world. And now that I watch it, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I also find Jeff Lowe even worse (laughs) after watching this. (laughs) This just makes Jeff Lowe worse. For him to just, for everyone around him to continue attacking him and he acts like he does nothing wrong is remarkable. he's a
1: smug man. I mean, he even says, like, yeah, I just put myself around these people. I just got to learn not to let these people, like, what did he say? Um, uh, Not get to me or something like that? Where he's, he's like... Uh, yeah overall he's a dirt pig i just yeah i don't still thinks carol baskins killed killed her husband though
0: (laughs) everybody thinks that nobody's stopping to think that right i i I found it fascinating and really incredible do you
1: think netflix reached out to carol baskins for this
0: yes 100 percent.
1: and why do you think she would have said no because i think joel did a pretty good job at just being real with these people or at least what we saw and not to like you know push buttons or anything because he wanted real responses. So it's like, do you, I think he would have done a good job because he would just ask her, you know, normal stuff. And,
0: I, I think Joel McHale was told, keep these people on the camera as much as you can, because they will talk.
1: Do you think Netflix gave all the people AirPods? Because I thought it was odd that yes, everyone was wearing AirPods. I was AirPods. thinking that too. And like noticeably yeah, I, too, like.
0: Yes, everyone had AirPods and it looked like they were told wear AirPods. Um, I think also too, it was an aesthetic thing. I think they just were like, Hey, for the sake of the interview, we want it to look like you're having a conversation with a person like on Skype right now because everyone's doing it. That's kind of the thing. Gotcha. Like, I just don't think, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I think it was more of an aesthetic thing than they gave it to him. I also think all these people might have it. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Um, no, I, what, what would you give your rating of this?
1: Um, I thought it filled the void of another Tiger King episode pretty well. So I'd give it a, I'm not going to say perfect rating, but to to some of those listeners out there, I'm going to give it a 5.25.
0: I'm going to give it a five out of six. It's a strong episode. It's a great episode. It does fill some gaps. I'm not going to spoil anything past, and and I don't think we really spoiled anything with what we talked about anyway, but this, this is a great episode. Joel McHale is the perfect choice for this. How Joel McHale doesn't have more interviewing jobs and gigs and isn't more present in Hollywood is beyond me.
1: Who's talking about, like, you know, just like you, because you're a celebrity. He's like, I, I hit my peak back in 2009. Or he made some joke like that, where it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's when he's it, talking about the soup, the basically. The soup and community just started.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, he's right. And and I just don't understand, because I've always found him to be charming, hilarious, and I'm more shocked that he doesn't have more um more accolades and more things to talk about. I, I'm, I'm shocked by that, so... All right, Mark, Hot and Snot, you go ahead, get going. I'm
1: going to start with, I didn't really have any, I don't want to say these are snots. They're kind of like in the middle, like I was lukewarm about them, but um, I don't know if I talked about it last time we were on, but uh, I wanted to bring it up. A Beautiful in the Day in the Neighborhood, we watched that a few, gosh, it could have been a week ago, it could have been two weeks ago, I don't know. And, man, I just, it just wasn't the movie I was expecting.
0: Mm-mm, I was expecting more
1: wasn't. of a pick, but it's more of like, uh, through the eyes of a reporter. And through this report you know done in the later years of his life and i mean yeah it was good fan service in a way to like see how uh mr rogers would act with you know people like this and or you know kind of the type of reporter the character was but yeah i just i went into it expecting something different and got what we got and it was no it was an okay movie um In my opinion.
0: What what did you rate it? I gave it a five. I talked about it a couple months ago on the show, but I have this that's a great way to put it. It was not the movie I had anticipated.
1: I would say it's a little bit better than the goofy movie. So it's above a three, but not a four.
0: Oh jeez. Oh gosh. That was mean. (laughs) I, I would say it's a five out of six and I don't understand. People said Tom Hanks was like amazing in this. I love Tom Hanks as an actor. But he didn't
1: fool me to be Fred Rogers. Like he was Tom Hanks trying to play Fred Rogers, so it's
0: Exactly. Exactly. Did not fool me in the slightest.
1: My number two in the middle, just cause uh watched WrestleMania the other weekend and it not being in front of a crowd, you kind of lost that, you know, that that spark I think you get with the, you know, fan reactions to a lot of stuff. Um there's some events during the two nights that were interesting and fun. Some were, you know, uh this could have been a lot better if the virus wasn't going on because there was a triple threat match that was supposed to be tag teams and it was just individuals from each team because some of the people didn't want to travel if you, you know, have your ear to, ground to the whole industry. Um but yeah it was interesting having Rob Gronkowski be the host for it. And you know he ends up winning a championship and he has he dives from like twenty feet up in the air onto a group of people so it was, you know a little insane crazy
0: are you happy that Gronk because it was all over ESPN and all this stuff that he won the 24-7 belt
1: oh the 24-7 belt means nothing so I mean Mojo Raleigh won it all right I don't know anything about the 24-7
0: belt I was just asking
1: I'm just trying to
0: be more relatable to you Mark I'm trying
1: everyone remember Max says he's trying to relate to us but when we come to our top five remember he said that okay my my other my okay going on moving on to my hot, uh these are two movies I got two of them two movies I watched the last few days, uh, the first one I want to talk about is called Boy Erased, I think it came out in two thousand nineteen, it's got um, Nicole Kidman, uh, Russell Crow, and a younger actor that I do not know the name of off the top of my head, uh, but basically the story tells of. Like, a boy who's, uh... His dad's a pastor. And he goes to college. And this, like, other boy, his roommate, like, tries to rape him. Or kind of does. And then calls his parents to say that he had, like, a relationship with him. And his pastor dad goes crazy and they send him away to those, um... Like, a facility to... I forget what's called. But basically to... It's, like, a Christian organization that like tries to pray the gay away or like make people who are gay not gay you know i there's a name for it and it kind of tells that story and like how their family dynamics change and what happens when he's at this facility and it's based on true story it's based off a book called boy boy erased a memoir um that the the guy who plays the main character his name is lucas hedges um but i thought it was an interesting movie kind of dovetails into uh you know kind of the relationship you would have with your family and how like the mom tries to stay like the middleman and try to uh, you know ease both sides and you know obviously she still loves her son no matter what where the dad struggles because you know he preaches you know because he's a a pastor so it's like you can't in his mind he can't have someone like his son live at home with him and then go out to the community and be a, a pastor so it's it's very interesting, eye opening. I'd recommend it. Um, there's a graphic scene, but is it
0: is it something that you feel? Because this is a Christian podcast, so like all of us are Christians on this. Um, we we talk about non secular stuff, but we are coming from that perspective. If you're listening, is this something that you feel that Christians are going to be? upset about? Is this gonna be educational for Christians? Is this a must-watch for Christians? Is this a hey if you're really into that sphere of influence you might want to avoid this one? What 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 would your perspective be on that?
1: I gosh, I don't know. I think people who don't like Christians will see this movie and just it will verify that hey, all Christians are like this and don't accept people Mm -hmm. who are gay. And then it also might the reverse for some Christians like, yeah, people should be sent to facilities like this and know mm. be changed and it's not something you're born with it's something you choose and that's one of like that's what they at least this facility this kid went to is like that's what they made it sound like it was something at his point in life that made him decide to uh, you know be attracted to the opposite sex and it's like no and there oh my gosh there's another client in there that they like really kind of over the top with him and he ends up killing himself at the end and i don't know I just feel like for, for, for Christians to do this, it just makes it makes me sad because I think there's a lot more love and compassion out there that and I think we're more open and smarter with, you know, the mind and stuff like this, to not just say, Oh, you just prayed away and it goes away. It's like, no, there's people are born this born a certain way and you can't just demonize them. I don't know. That's
0: yeah, I mean. it is relationships are much uh deeper and better than legalism, and I think Christians and non Christians really need to hear and understand that um cool thanks mark i'm gonna check that out
1: um and then my top movie for hot and we teased it a little bit trolls 2 that movie was fun and fantastic i would give it a five out of six do you have to see
0: the previous trolls movie to enjoy it
1: Mm, i would say you wouldn't have to it wouldn't help it wouldn't hurt to see it i think it's on netflix right now so i mean if you have Netflix, you could see it for free. Or well, you're We have a Netflix, lot of so.
0: families that listen to this, Mark. Is this a must-see family movie?
1: Um, your kids will definitely love it, and I enjoyed it as an adult, so I feel like adults should enjoy it too. So
0: That's all I need to hear.
1: And that's my hot start. That's that's everything I got.
0: I got a I got a shorter list today, but still have a have a list. Uh we talked about Tiger King and I. I give it a five out of six, much like you. Uh Westworld, Westworld season three, episode four best episode of the season so far. I have enjoyed this season. I have told Robbie and, and Mark who we, we've talked offline about this, but this is my least favorite season so far and what I'm watching. I'd like to say that they're setting something up down the line. I actually enjoyed season two. I'm in a very small minority there that enjoyed it. Um, I, I love obviously season one. The, the season one is one of the best seasons of, of a lot of TV shows. But it's been a slow start for me. It's a new world, so it doesn't feel like Gold West World. Um, this is a great series. You got to hop on this if you're sitting at home. Get the HBO Go app. Pay for like two months of it because you're stuck inside anyway. Then get off of it in a month and a half.
1: Or if you have Amazon Prime, usually you can get two weeks for it for free if you haven't subscribed. There you go. To it before, so. Yep.
0: There yeah. Go. Great. Great point. But this is not a show you're going to want to watch with kids a lot of nudity um a lot of um not a lot no. No, not oh. a lot of nudity but no <laughs> it it has got a lot of graphic scenes i would say that a lot of the, in the first season especially they were over the top
1: oh yeah i was going to say i think this four, the third season isn't that graphic nope. i mean there's they violins, learned in but...
0: this they learned in the second and third season to not do that and, well, it's, and i really
1: it, and it's also their contracts they're like hey now that this show is successful and you're going to sign me through the third season I don't want to do certain things. I mean, that's just like every, just like game of Thrones. Yeah.
0: And I'm, and I'm glad they're doing that. And I think it's a great shift and I think it's really important. And with this show, I could see the writers saying, no, we need to keep doing it. So, um, and you just got to watch this show to understand what I mean by that. This is a wonderful show though.
1: I got to ask, cause I, you know, we just caught up to the last episode and how many timelines do you think there are right now in the third season? Cause I feel like we're following, you know, we're following all, you know, the characters from season Two, but I feel like it's they're all happening in four different timelines. I feel like there's four different timelines going on.
0: See, I think they're trying to trick us into thinking that, and I think it's all one timeline. Even but, with but the Bernard be
1: thinks, I think that's where it throws me off. Yeah, where we're following I Bernard, know.
0: but mm-hmm. I, yeah, Bernard is Bernard is a lot of fun. But then they had that in this this episode. They had that you know yeah scene where they all kind of cross paths. That's what makes me think they're all one timeline. But but it could just be Quinky Dink and
1: I guess we we'll, yeah find out in that's a, five that's more episodes
0: very great question mark i don't know but i have no idea where this season is going that is always my favorite thing in a show i've always appreciated that um and, that, and that's what i like about Westworld. is i never know where it's going but i'm always shocked at the end so check this show out it is very very mature and very very adult graphic show but i do think it's worth watching um my other hot is Final Fantasy VII The Remake. I had listened to reviews on this podcast and other podcasts about this, and I, I decided to dive into the world of Final Fantasy. I never played this game growing up. I had only watched my friends play it, so I knew some of the storyline. I'd forgotten some things. Obviously, if you listen to this this podcast, I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, so there is some overlap there. And I got to tell you, this is a 5.5 out of 6. This is a wonderful game. I've thoroughly enjoyed playing it. Um, I've already burned about four or five hours on it, and it's only been out a couple days. Uh, I'm definitely going to be playing this during the quarantine season. I don't think you have to have any knowledge of Final Fantasy, and that was my big scare about purchasing this. And I took a risk because I was like, you know what? I just think it's worth it. It looks good, and I have not been disappointed. I knew nothing um, in regards to storyline um, and had not remembered anything, and I have thoroughly enjoyed my experience. I've actually gone back and watched how the original looked, and I'm like, wow, what they've done with this game is, is I highly recommend this game, Um, go buy it, Uh, don't even, don't pay for it to get delivered to your house, download it, it's a wonderful game. My snot, and, and this is kind of a shot at all of Hollywood right now, Saturday Night Live did an at-home live Saturday Night Live episode, and... I've seen like Trevor Noah has been doing shows at home, and just certain news anchors have been doing stuff at home.
1: Like that makes sense. The news anchors doing a show from home because yep. they are the only part of the show, or besides the you know the they're like correspondents. But you can do a whole show with those. Anyways, go. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I, yeah.
0: It's a great point. I think the news people have to do it at home. I think that's kind of like if they're able to go. I know some. I know some have gotten coronavirus in some some um, studios, but. I think right now, people like Saturday Night Live need to just chill and show the, show the hits. Um, yeah. It, it it doesn't work. It feels in bad taste to me. Um, I watched the intro with Tom Hanks uh, today and was immediately turned off. Um, I give it a two out of- Because
1: of what he's done to people? <laughs>
0: no. That's according to Zane, not me.
1: I, I, I Well, and a majority of the population. Major- majority of
0: the population, yeah. Okay, show me those numbers, guy. Anyway, two out of six is what I'd give this- um, I I just think it's in bad taste I think right now um we we just need to show the hits so like with the Masters we need to show the best of the masters NBC is showing the Stanley Cup playoffs today I like that. Um, I just think there are certain things that news news and TV channels are doing right and this just felt like a misstep to me I don't I don't and I don't think it's like horrible how dare they try to have fun. It just didn't feel right. And there's a way to do it that's fun. And there's a way to do it that feels forced. This felt forced. Um, I'll leave it at that. That's just my personal preference. Maybe other people will enjoy it. But you can check that out as well. Let's get into the top five.
1: The. We're
0: going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top three, five. One. List. Starts. Now, every week on this show, we like to do a top five where we have some water cooler talk or just uh, discuss a major question that we've had that we've read on the Internet or that's come up in our own personal conversations. Again, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I have never watched The Princess Bride and you're going to want to know maybe why. And today we hope this episode will give you more clarity on that. But also, Mark will try to refute my claims by giving me reasons to watch The Princess Bride. Uh, so today will be our top five why to or why not to watch *The Princess Bride*. Keep into perspective, the why not comes from a perspective of I have not seen it. So the argument of you haven't seen it, you don't know what you're talking about, doesn't necessarily work in this argument. We're gonna leave it at that. When Mark, you you picked this this uh, this topic. Would you like me to go first? Uh,
1: it was either this or top five hottest anime characters. And you shot that down real quick and then got mad at me for not figuring out a top five and you had nothing. I wasn't mad at you, but I will say I was annoyed that, that you had no, said thought, top five hottest f- anime characters. Because I, I thought I don't that'd even, be the funniest that's top five for us to do. Both of us who don't watch a lot of we don't anime, watch any anime make that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I thought it'd be hilarious. And we'd
0: lose all validity and I would be fired. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Just no. (laughs) Fired. Come on. Uh. Do we want to go back and forth on this one? Do we want to go like five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, one? So yeah, I think we should probably just go every other. Okay. You. I will let you go first or go second.
1: Or you want you want you want to snake draft it, where it's like I do five and then you do five, four and no, let's not do that. Let's do yeah. Let's whoever decides. Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: We're we're good. We got this. We got this. We're doing fine. Um. Alrighty. When you're ready, I'm ready to go.
1: All right, I'm ready. You want me to go first? Why don't you go
0: first? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll adhere to okay. you first.
1: Okay. My number five reason to watch this is it's sarcastic humor that it has and it's like wit that the movie gives you throughout, I feel, a majority of it. I think it's humorous and it's lighthearted and just overall joyous. And that's my number five.
0: Is the writing, would you say this is, it, would you say that this is because of writing or because of acting?
1: It's both, both writing and the delivery of the lines that are said by these actors in this movie. Yeah,
0: I just don't know if I align with that, but we'll see.
1: I gotta ask one question before we continue. You swear to the to our risen Christ on this day that you've never seen Princess Bride. No, Blade? I've never seen it. I've maybe at best okay. seen clips. Sure. But I don't even. But, but you never but watched the, it in the tired. irony never of started is, it. The
0: irony of this movie is I probably have not seen longer than a minute of this movie. That's
1: fair. Okay. Like okay, in, yeah. in a What's row is what I mean. I just, I just need to know this before I kept continuing. Well,
0: and you have to listen to kind of part of what I say is part of this. So my number five is hearing quotes from a movie you haven't seen is obnoxiously annoying. It's happened my entire life. I'm annoyed of this movie's quotes. Quotes in this movie that were labeled as good and funny are not good and funny anymore to me because I've heard them my entire life.
1: Well, you're just mad and you need to go back to the... Hey, 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 top five.
0: Stay on task. You, oh my do you want me to go four or you want to go four?
1: Uh, you go four. You let me down again.
0: I have gone through an extensive IMDb search on this movie and I have one major gripe about this that it probably could be higher on my list, but I'm just keeping it at four for the sake of the bit. Um, is This is a very B-list cast at best. Um, I would argue, even a C-cast list. The only memorable person on this list is Billy Crystal, um, and he plays Miracle Max. And I'll tell you what, Mark, I didn't even know Billy Crystal was in this movie.
1: You're saying Robin Wright isn't an A-list actress? I don't think I would count Robin Wright.
0: No, I would not.
1: I wouldn't. And Andre the Giant.
0: Andre the Giant, definitely not. Carrie Elwes. But you're telling... Well, okay, here's here's the thing about Robin Wright. Robin Wright obviously played Jenna.
1: At, okay, hang on. At the time of 1987, where would that rank? Because now you're, are you ranking it now with those people? I'm ranking it or now. I'm, I'm, it I'm speaking 87? from
0: the lens of 2020.
1: Because at the lens of 20, or yeah, well, I feel like it'd be more famous people. Yeah, maybe, maybe back then, maybe back then they were more, but yeah.
0: I can only speak from the lens of 2020. That's all I can speak from right now. Okay. But okay. Uh, your director, Rob Reiner, um, your writers... Oh, I had him. One sec.
1: You don't like Rob Reiner? You don't like what he's done?
0: I mean, Rob Reiner's okay. It is funny that he, uh, that he's Jess's dad. Well, I think that's funny. But I don't know. I, I just... I don't know. Again, this is a B-list cast. Like, you're, you're trying to sell me on one of the best movies of all time? You're going to have to give me more than that. Go ahead. Keep going.
1: Yeah, because you've never watched a movie with a bad cast. I have, but you have to listen to the rest of my arguments. You're on four. Go. Um... My number four, I have. Um, gosh, I can't even read my own handwriting. I was crying because you rattled. You rattled from the. You rattled it. from
0: the hard shot of of B list cast. I, I can tell. I know.
1: I might have a heart attack because you've <laughs> making me so upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four. Is the manner would that be insane if I like just died of sadness? Recording <laughs> this. Do you put this out? Do you put this out if I die? I, uh,
0: no, I don't. I respect you too much. Well,
1: I would want you to if I die. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. We, so, that's a dangerous game like, to play. I killed Mark <laughs> with such a good rebuttal. Do you? Do you? And watch I was just it? at number four. Watch I watched it. If at, I, I haven't even gone one through three. I'm just on four. Think about that.
1: If I died, would you watch it? in memory of me. Oh
0: man, if you die And then how
1: upset would you be if Mark, you're like if you yeah, die before I love me, this movie. you have to
0: be in the grave. I don't want fake deaths. I don't want any of that crap. <laughs> I don't want any loopholes of like, "Oh, I died in a g- I died in this video game." Ha ha ha. I want Mark Jones' body in the grave.
1: Like you want I want Kelly the whole funeral. I want to be sobbing because
0: I'll go home that night and I'll watch this movie. You have my word.
1: Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, my number 4, the manner of which the t- story is told. Because you haven't seen it, or maybe you do know, or maybe you don't. I have not Uh, seen
0: it, so I wouldn't know. Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. Why are you continuing to beat the point that I may have seen this movie? I haven't seen it.
1: Um. So this the story is told through like the lens of a grandpa telling. I believe it's Fred Savage, or maybe it's Adam Savage. One of the Savage brothers is Fred. Um, Is Fred
0: Savage related to um, uh, Boy Meets World?
1: Aren't they brothers?
0: I'm just. I'm just curious.
1: I believe cuz like I know that.
0: in 90s there was another savage who
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah, they're related. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
0: they are. Hang yep, on. yep, yep. They are.
1: Now, okay. So yeah, it's So it's basically a kid's at home sick and his grandpa's te- reading this book which is the story the Princess Bride.
0: So it's a story in a story.
1: Yes, and it's I love that stuff. I love that ish. And and there's points where like they'll stop because either Fred's character is like, "ew, that's gross," blah blah blah, there's kissing. And then the grandpa's like, Well, we can skip over that stuff and you know, he learns to like just love the whole movie and the whole or the whole book for him as one where the, you know there's love, there's fighting, there's mystery, there's death, you know, blah blah blah. All that stuff. Um so I really enjoyed that. And I think it's what I feel like people relate to it. It's like to me, when I first started watching this movie when I was young, it was always reminded me of my like grandpas telling me stories, now watching it in nostalgia with both my grandpas being passed. Um I just... It's more heartwarming now watching it, you know. Now versus when I first started watching it. Um, and then going to my number three, it's just an overall good love story. Who doesn't like a love story? It's, you know, we got a love story with some comedy, some fighting, and there's, our, there's giant rats, rodents of unusual size. You know, you love rats, so I don't know why you don't want to go see this movie.
0: I do love you. I do love you. Um... What I would say at number three for me is if my parents didn't think it was a classic, then I do not dub it a classic. I have been told... Hang on, hang on. Hang
1: on. Your parents have said it's a classic. No, they have not. Oh, okay.
0: Stephen Rand have not. Um, Now, in regards to Sarah and her family, they have alluded to that. However, I have on good authority in my cultural context, in Max Mosier's cultural context... It was not deemed a classic, therefore it does not have the awe of a classic. I would even go a step further and say that people just call it a classic because it's a cool thing to do, it's a cool thing to think that it's a classic, and therefore everybody has hive mind on the subject, where I do not think it is a classic.
1: So you wouldn't want to make your own opinion on that?
0: Well, I'm telling you why I wouldn't want to watch it. Well, Can I go to number 2 now or are you going to keep are you going to keep you're going to keep telling me I with, love you know, rats. you jumping over. And then I have to call you a rat and then we're mad.
1: No, nah, I'm not mad. You're the one who's mad. Yeah, I'm mad you said I liked rats.
0: That's a really mean thing to say about a person. Well, It's I love a really you too. mean thing to say about a person. I love you. All right, here we go. Number 2. There is no way that this movie is as good as people say it is. It is too overhyped. It cannot be as good as people think it is. Because you've re- we've reached a level of hype now with The Princess Bride that there is no way it can reach the expectations that you and the other people in my group, in my friend group, have told me that this movie reaches. It is impossible to reach that level of hype. Therefore, it is not worth it. I would rather leave it in a realm where I don't watch it and I just air quotes think, from your perspective, that it's fantastic on to you you can go two in one
1: well max anything's possible with with christ on our side yep. anything's possible
0: sick jesus juke
1: well i'm sad that you have to make a joke about jesus on this day um that says a lot <laughs> about your character but um <clears throat> my number two yeah, i'm the one who is... made the first jesus joke uh, anyways moving on to number two uh my number two is antigo montoya's determination throughout the movie who is is that a character in the movie Yes, it is Max, a character I think you would enjoy. I do want to Harper back to your number two though. I would agree that it might be too hyped for you, and that has been a fear. If you end up watching it, that you're like, that's okay, but that still be good enough for me. If you're if you came out watching it and you're like, man, I just didn't like it, then that's fair. But you know, at least you watched it, and then this can all stop.
0: And, and I'm assuming, well, I guess I'll wait to hear your number one because I'm assuming I know what's at number one, but I I just I want to hear it first.
1: Tell me what do you think number? I one I think number one, one is done. you haven't
0: watched it, and so you can't make a judgment on it.
1: Nope, it's not at all. My number one. Is the love and joy it brings to both myself and knowing my friends. And you would think something that brought so much joy and love to one, oneself and their friends, they want to bring that love and joy to another friend. And it's sad that that one friend doesn't want to experience the joy and love that the rest of his friends just talked about. Even though he just talked about earlier, that one friend, that he's determining him not watching it because of other loved ones. Saying it's not a classic. So you'd think someone that's So you're basing telling me their, that because I'm their more opinion. Loyal. Sorry. Go ahead. Someone that's basing their opinion on what other people think you would think would at least give this movie a shot because the rest of his friends have told him that it's a good movie. It's, you know, laughable. It's funny. It's not supposed to be this fantastic movie. It's not supposed to be like, you know, this billion dollar earning movie. It's just a good movie. And I just think it brings love and joy that you're depriving yourself, Sarah, and your child.
0: Sarah has seen the movie. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you know I'm not depriving Sarah. And if my kid wants to watch it, great. He can watch it. Well, I'm... We have we have three different TVs in the house. He can go to one of those. I'll go to another one. Um, Before I go to number one, just for the sake of principle, I, I do want to say that um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives this a 97%. And the audience score is ninety four percent. So anytime you guys want to make fun of Rotten Tomatoes, just know that Rotten Tomatoes agrees with you. Um, my number one is that. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, if, no, if no, no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's if it's two it's such years ago, it's a good movie. It's a good movie.
1: You would it's a good movie. see this movie. It's a good you movie. You a movie that had a, had a rotten score. Yeah, well, it's just past. crazy
0: how Rotten Tomatoes has it as a ninety seven percent, and you guys always poo poo on Rotten Tomatoes. So
1: now either so either Rotten Tomatoes is right or you're right, Mark. One of them's right. We poo poo you when you enlist Rotten Tomatoes on your judgment of movies.
0: Well, I don't need Rotten Tomatoes to tell me judge this movie. I've had you guys telling me for years about this movie. No,
1: it's been like the last year, but
0: whatever. Well, I've had other. I'm speaking more to people in general. There this is, was a point. This in is our like, life where this, you I, like I, I want to, to watch it. This is, and is out of like the, the, the kindness most... of my
1: heart, I sent you the movie, and you have refused to watch it since then. Yep.
0: And I threw away your disc that you sent me.
1: And that says a lot about your character, Max.
0: Look, I know your love language Go on is giving, one. I'm and I sorry. appreciate I'm sorry. That, and I appreciate the gesture, but you've been sending me Mad Max Funko Pops for a very long time, and those are very annoying, and they take up a lot of space, and I don't want them, but you continue to send them to me under the guise that it's a gift.
1: When was the last time you received one? You said you keep receiving months, them. Months. Because I'm not going to send them to you. Months. I kept getting yeah. them. I have six of them. Because I told you six. I'd stop sending you them because you asked me to stop. Thank you. See?
0: I appreciate Sometimes you. Sometimes
1: friends will, friends will do stuff when you ask. <laughs> It's weird how that works. My
0: number one point about why I will not watch this movie is that it drives my friends nuts. My friends are constantly ripping on me. My friends are constantly ribbing me. My friends are constantly putting me down. Anytime I say anything in our group chat, anytime I make any form of joke, anytime I do anything right or wrong, I get made fun of. It feels good to have something that the group cannot control me on and therefore... Watching this movie would adhere and give up more control of myself that I will not give up. I will not sacrifice who I am as a person. The integrity of my being will not be sacrificed so that my friends can feel superior. I will not do that. I will not do that. So there it is.
1: Isn't it beautiful how your mind works, Max? You complain all the time about us always making fun of you, but here you are, letting it happen. And I'm at the point where I just want you to watch it. I don't care. And where you think that we'd be more superior of you, that just says a lot about your internal thoughts when you're it just all alone.
0: All it takes is what I do, moments. here's what I do. If I watch this movie to slowly slip it nope, into me Here's the point we're at. If I watch this movie now, then there's nothing that you guys can't make me do. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. We're I at like, that point. We're at that point. I've stuck with this so long that if I cave now. Are you just afraid now? I don't know if I'm afraid I would say that I'm uh, determined now and I'm incredibly stubborn. I also, I am reminded of all the other things on my list, though. When I talked with my wife yesterday, I said, Sarah, have you seen Princess Bride? And she said some ridiculous quote about a bridge to me yesterday. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like quoting this movie. She said three different things. I've never heard those quotes in my life. But. It's like this movie has like power over people. It's ridiculous.
1: Wait, are you saying that uh, your wife Sarah Mosher enjoys, has enjoyed? I've never. The have Bryant? I ever said she doesn't? You've never mentioned it.
0: I've said that she's indifferent to it. She likes it, but she's not like you have to watch it. She's indifferent, maybe to the subject of should I watch it. Maybe that's what I should say.
1: What would take you to watch it? Like honestly, like what? Like if we're like, hey guys, let's just not It'd have to
0: be a significant dollar. Amount. It would have
1: to be money. We couldn't just be like, hey, we'll just you know never bring it up again if you just watch it.
0: Oh no, there's no way you guys couldn't do that.
1: But that would end it all. Like if you watch it and then you just you just then you just fake it and be like I loved it and then that's the end yeah, of it. I, and you just I
0: could, it. but I don't because I'm not gonna lie to you. That's my integrity. That's my character. No, Yo, you're not gonna, I'm not, gonna, I'm you gonna, gonna kill, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna break my character for that.
1: Your your character is to continue Icarus burning into your liver and, <laughs> and enjoy this pain until one of us dies. <laughs> that's that's your character.
0: Mark, the only one that whatever. is gonna be able to get me to watch it if they die is you. Don't, Mark, don't you dare get out, go off the rails. Thank you for listening to this episode. We went off the rails at the end, but we're grateful you're with us. Hey, we've got some announcements to give to you. Uh, let's go. Oh, hold on. i got to pull up my list here. Mark, great episode. I really appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Here we go. May 2nd. You're not going to want to miss this. On May 2nd, we're going to be doing a 24-hour Twitch stream live. I'm sure we'll play a bunch of games. Um, I'm sure we'll play some Final Fantasy VII, some Kingdom Hearts, uh, some Call of Duty, uh, probably a little bit of Fortnite. We'll sprinkle in maybe some Rocket League. And what we're going to do is be raising money for the Ronald McDonald House. It's had a huge um, impact on some of our Infinity Bros. Obviously, right now in this economy, people are wondering, hey, how can I help others? We're going to go ahead and reach out to the um, Ronald McDonald House. And we're going to try to raise some money for them. So our hope is to raise a couple thousand dollars. We'd love it if you'd consider joining us. Even if it's for a little bit, come by, say hi to us, um, and give some money towards that cause. We'd love to help kids out there. Um, we'd also... The
1: other one? There's one there's more. There's another announcement? There was
0: another announcement.
1: Hmm. What could that be?
0: I think that's it. Oh, there isn't any more announcements. Are you sure? I you wrong. No, I was wrong. That was it.
1: Are we going to talk about the new X-Men superhero characters?
0: No, we're not. Talk about those all right we're gonna push everybody. those out to the side um but other than that we hope that you uh make time out of your busy schedule to join us for that and obviously in this COVID-19 season we want to remind you that it is Easter and it is Easter week and after holy week we want to remind you that he is risen and so we're grateful for you wherever you are however you're listening thanks for making us part of your day mark thanks for a great episode man
1: no max thank you and hopefully maybe somewhere deep inside your mind something will change and no spread.
0: Maybe someday. Thanks, Infinity Bros. for Unlikely, but maybe. And thank you, listeners, for being with us. As always, we love you, 3000. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at Podcast at gmail.com.